everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 38, The Granny Cam. Dun, dun, dun. Recorded February 3rd, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Mark, I have to interrupt you and say I'm so proud of you. That you ignored the fact that the date said the 5th in the notes, and you said the correct date. Yes, I looked at my watch. I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't read what was on the screen. Awesome. For a change. Yeah, I'd had a a non-Ron Burgundy moment. Um, (laughs) So this week uh, is a topic that comes to us from a listener by the name of Bill, who uh, posted something in our forum and said, Hey, guys, I got a question for you. I got a fever. And the only cure is more cowbell. I don't yeah. know why I turned into um, Christopher Walken there for a second. God, I think, I, I think God, I it was William Shatner doing you. Christopher Walken. <laughs> William yeah. Shatner doing Christopher <laughs> That's funny. That's almost scary. Oh. It's funny. when Anytime somebody does William Shatner, they don't actually do William Shatner. They do like Jim Carrey doing William Shatner. He's become his own cliche. Yes, he's his own caricature. Right. That's horrible, too. Have you ever seen... I, I don't remember where it was, but I actually saw him do the way people do him once. Yes. And that was it's awesome. It was sort of a world imploded on itself and it created a singularity and, and, uh, <laughs> and time travel and a board came out the other end or something. So anyway, um, Bill said, um, I've got an elderly, uh, neighbor. I think he said who I like to look in on from time to time with her permission. Um, and, and actually with her request, uh, from time to time to make sure she's okay. You know, the don't want her to be in the, the help I've fallen and I can't get up situation. So he has, um, uh, Skype in her house set to auto answer. So he calls and looks at it, but he asked, is there a, a, a thing that you know of where you could have multiple cameras, uh, hooked up to one computer that you could switch through and operate it remotely? And I said, sure. In windows, I can think of about nine ways to do that. And so I started doing some research on Linux, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, what we came up with. But before we do that, let me introduce my hosts, my co-hosts, my hostess with the mostesses. Um, your peanut butter to your jelly. There you go. And the effect of hostages. That particular peanut butter was Mr. Chris Neves, the command line godfather. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Oh, it's going all right tonight, I suppose. Yeah. We, a little we, early in the week, but it's okay. Yeah, you're actually lying about that, and we'll talk about why you're lying in just a minute, but uh, that's okay. Way to call me a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, also with me is Mr. Aaron Butler, the noob in residence, the former fat guy. Hey, Aaron, what's going on? I'm so excited to be here. I can't hardly keep at my rear end in my chair. I'm just bouncing off the walls. Now, uh, Nobody knows this except the one person watching right now on the live stream, but we're recording on a different date than normal. Uh, we're recording on Friday night. We ordinarily do it uh, on Sunday evenings, and so we're all a little tired. We've all put in 10, 12, 15 hours or whatever at work, and it's now, uh, depending on <laughs> which time zone you're in, it's between 7.30 and 9.30 p.m., and uh, we're all a little loopy, so that ought to be uh, uh, interesting for this show. Uh, and... Our, our fourth guest, uh, our host, rather, uh, Mr. Seth Anderson, the gooey kid, is not with us and won't be with us, uh, he says, for the next couple of months. So uh, I mentioned last time that his uh, mother was in the hospital. Uh, she's at home convalescing. He's taking care of her. She's a, um, an older woman, uh, and, and uh, he is basically being her um, live-in Primary caregiver. for a little while. Uh, her husband is uh, alive, but... but uh, they're both elderly, so he's going to be out for a while. So all prayers and good wishes and positive energy from the universe out to our friend Seth and to his mother. Uh, heal quickly and uh, get back to us, our friend. You almost said word to your mother, didn't you? No. You almost said that. <laughs> I would have laughed. Because I'm street like that, yo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On the curb to the hood. <laughs> so, Aaron. Our noob in residence actually used Unix today. I did. I used Unix. I used a fool out of that thing. The real yeah. Unix, not just Linux. No. Unix. This is actually a super beefy uh, cache DB server. Um, if you've listened to the show, you probably heard me babbling about my day job at, at, at times. I'm a uh, Technically, I'm called an application coordinator. That's the particular software's handle for an analyst, an application analyst. 
And so uh, our application runs on proprietary cache DB uh, database on a pretty large server. Actually, it's multiple databases. It's, it's, it's uh, what's it called? Sharded. Um, and uh, most of what I do is on the front end, either actually using a, a, a regular Windows GUI type thing, or we do use a, a terminal, uh, you know, text, the dark side, they call it, uh, to do <laughs> configuration. And then, but also we do do, we, we do do. <laughs> The thing is, is uh, some things at the cache prompt. Um, and so today, we, we finally got access to our POC proof of concept environment. And so I went in. First thing I was going to do is do a test import of a file into the database. That's one of the ways that we update the data is actually just flat file import. We build it out in, in a spreadsheet and then import. It makes it a little easier to manage. And I got ready to, to, to use the FTP program. And it said, I know who you are, but that ain't your password. And I Whoops. tried the default password. I tried our other default password. I tried a couple default passwords from the vendor. I tried my own password. I said, I don't think you can do LDAP with Unix, but I'll try my LDAP, you know, my Windows uh, domain password. That didn't work. So finally, after about 30 minutes of beating my head around it, I went and talked to the Unix guy. <laughs> Took a little walk up to the tenth floor and found the Unix guy, whose name is Guy, Scott Guy. And said, Scott, I'm trying to do this. And he said, well, the problem is we did set the password to your default, to the regular default password we use for new accounts for everybody. But the way it's configured, it re it demands a new password to make, you know, it requires you to make a new password when you log on the first time. And FTP doesn't support that. Um, it won't, it won't prompt you for the new password. So it would just, and it will, the way it's set, you cannot log in with the default password. So I was doing everything right except for going directly to, I was using FileZilla at the time. So I went back to my desk, um, found that they had installed a, they, the one we're, particular one we're using is called SmartTerm. Went in, connected to the server, uh, logged in, used the default password. It prompted me for a new password, put my new password, and went back to FileZilla, copied over the file, was able to go into the, the text and do my import. And so I was a Unix user for about an hour today. If you're going to be continuing on in that environment, Aaron, I recommend that you look up WinSCP. Yeah, we handle, have. Yes. It'll handle your uh, FTP and your terminal stuff. You can plug putty into it, and I use yeah. it all the time. Smart Term does is the same exact thing. It has SCP, it has FTP built into it, it has those utilities associated with it. And but most of what I'll be doing, most of what I'll be doing will be actually in the in the uh, in the the text based environment that they have there. Uh, they, Usually it's called Clint Admin is the particular part of it I'm using, which is what the actual app, text app they built into it. I did, however, record a couple of mac macros in a smart term, telnet, whatever you want to call it. So when I go in, I don't have to log in twice and select my environment and enter, 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 and tab down and select one, tab, and select three, and tab, you know, actually it's enter, it's not tab, tab, it's a strange character on the screen and laughs at you because you can't delete it. Uh, and then, uh, so I built them, I built a macro. So now I just double click my shortcut, um, to, to, to my to my save tell file, it pops up. I hit enter one time. Blah 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 blah. Password. I type in my password. Blah blah blah. I type in my other password. Blah blah blah. blah and I'm right to my right to my text based uh, configurator. And so it, it's it's exciting to actually finally get in the environment. I started training. I officially came on this team September 26th. So I have been training and prepping and gathering data for October, November, December, January, four months. So to finally really get my feet in, uh, but you know the actual prod environment and start working, or not prod, but our, our actual real environment, not a test environment hosted by the vendor, is pretty exciting. Yeah, it sounds like it. So that's it. I use Unix. I am a Unix user. All right. <laughs> and yes, uh, you can do LDAP on Unix, by the way. You can. You can. Yep. You can. I didn't know. I, in fact, for uh, years, uh, it wasn't Unix. It was Linux. But for years, my school used uh, an NT domain that wasn't an NT domain. It was a Linux machine masquerading as an NT uh, domain server, and none of the machines knew the difference. But Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Samba hasn't caught up with uh, the new Active Directory stuff in, in like server 2003 and 2008, right? Um, it's still shaky. Um, Samba 4 is supposed to fix it, but we all know we're not doing it then. Yeah, I think it, we, we are running O3 domain controller. That makes any sense if I'm even saying that right. You, I'm so far removed well, from that. 
Um, yeah, it, it you can get it to work, but it's not nice. Yeah. It's very painful. Ironically, it was Seth, the gooey kid, who convinced me to to do away with that and put in a Windows server because he's a, a Windows guy. He's got all the credentials and stuff. So we put that in, and then he got another job like three weeks later and said, sorry. And so here I am, the Linux guy, stuck with a Windows server that I had to learn how to use. Oh, that was good for you. Yeah, uh, we in our environment, we pretty much use Unix for some high-end back-end databases. Other than that, that we're, we're uh, in Windows environment. And, and, and our, of course, our uh, internet servers are running Linux of some type or Unix or whatever. Right. right. Like everybody else is in the world. And so uh, on that, that note, uh, we have some sad news for you, uh, people. Chris uh, Neves will actually be leaving the show. This will be his last show uh, because he's no longer a Linux user. He's abandoned Linux and decided that he's uh, going to use only Windows and the occasional Mac from now on. Um, and if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. If you believe that, you also believe he's wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the, the whole problem is is my little irritating laptop that I own and the fact that I can't get anything current to run on it. So instead of fighting the fight and being in a system that is no longer supported as of uh, Feb or whenever the next Ubuntu drops, um, I just... I'm going to abandon it since the laptop's going to go to my wife anyway. I figured, why not? But right now, abandoning it, abandoning it, abandoning it means that you have formatted the hard drive and put Windows on your laptop. You are talking, you are doing the Linux show right now from Windows. Yes. At least until I get to do the, the WS. Doesn't it make you feel a little dirty? It does. I, I'm actually kind of squeamish in my stomach right now thank you <laughs> which is interesting because i i do i also do this show from a windows laptop for different reason my laptop at the time was too new there wasn't hardware support in linux for it your laptop is too old uh, or too obtuse i guess is really the case uh to have support so we my, my laptop is too far in the other room so <laughs> the third reason not to use my linux laptop Sorry. But what's really sad is even the switches that I was using, where, you know, I remember before I was saying if I used the uh, no ACP or ACPI switch, it would boot up okay, but I wouldn't have Bluetooth and stuff. That doesn't even work on the newest kernel. Um, so for some reason, what, however, my this particular Asus laptop is, it just will not run the Linux kernels right now. And mine too is an Asus. So uh, it may be that I will never. Uh, put Linux on this one, but you know, it, as as much as I like Linux, and you know, I'm hosting a Linux show. I like Windows too. I'm happy with Windows Seven. It works well. It does everything. And, and I'm a um, you know, use the right tool for the job kind of guy. So uh, yeah. please don't uh, don't string me up for doing a Linux show on a Windows box. But uh, that I do. But I also use Linux all over the place at work, mainly in the server room. What I think is funny though is. Um, I've done this show through this laptop for, I don't know, how many shows? We're at, what, 38, 40? 38. 38? Okay. So this is the first show I've done without my Linux lap, my Linux install. And I'm, I've had how much trouble today, guys, getting yeah. in and setting up. Um, we, even Windows doesn't like this laptop. Yeah, he, we, he, we, he doesn't have video. His mic doesn't sound quite right. Uh, things just aren't working. Uh and, and I, I actually, he was weeping and in, uh, in the fetal position earlier. I had to coax him through uh, just to get him this far. He was like, yeah, I want it, my Linux back. I do. I want it back. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody has any other ideas on what I can do besides running Windows on this machine, you know, hey, hit us up in the forums. You Maybe you know something that I don't about what this you could, laptop. What you could do is... You could run a few of your applications in a virtual machine on your Windows box. It would make you feel like you're running Linux. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you could uh, you could run a VM in your Windows box with Ubuntu on it, and then you'd be I all could. set. Yeah, I could. Yeah. That kind of defeats the whole purpose, but yes, I could. 
that, that's like you know having a Ferrari and putting in a Model T engine in it. But yes. <laughs> speaking of Ferraris, I was behind a Maserati today at a red light. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay, thank you for that. I like Maseratis. I don't know that I would know one if I saw it. Don't know that I could pick one out of a, a police lineup. You could because on the back it says Maserati. No. That's how I knew it was one. I saw the best ever vanity license plate. It was on a um, Toyota. What's the company? The The name of the car is the Legend. I think it's the Toyota Legend. And so on the trunk of the car, emblazoned in the big chrome letters, said Legend. And the license plate was of Zelda. Oh, that is awesome. That was awesome. That was so full of win. That uh, was. That's funny. that 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 would almost be epic win there. That was that's good. So Chris, why is there something in the notes that says Chris's wish list? What what are you wishing for? <laughs> My wish list. Well, obviously the first one of this is a laptop or a computer that I can uh, not run Windows on. <laughs> and I can have my Linux back. Um, but the other thing that's on my, my little wish list that I put up on the, in our show notes is a link to our, to our Amazon account that, uh, is about these different type of headphones. And these are the aftershock headphones that were on, I think geek beat the other day. And what they are is they're not headphones that go in your ear. They transmit the music through your jaw, through the bone in your jaw. And, uh, it's kind of a neat thing. Currently crazy. It is crazy sounding, isn't it? And they're temporarily but, out of stock, so they must be very popular. Well, they've been out of stock ever since that video came up on GeekBeat. They, they, they can't keep them in the shelves, evidently, because all three versions are out of stock. Wow. So you put this thing... Now, I've heard microphones, like uh, in the uh, World War II, the Panzer tank drivers had microphones on their throat that picked yep. up mm -hmm. the vibration. So is this the reverse version of that? It's it's very similar to it actually. What it does is, um, if you only have the version with the headphones and not the mic built in, then yeah, it just it's the reverse of that. It's sending this, it's transmitting the sound waves into your middle ear um, instead of going through your outer ear. So you actually have full surround hearing like you normally do if you don't have headphones on, but yet you still have whatever you're listening to going into your head. That's got to be weird. It is weird. Well, well I think about <clears> it, though. If, if you're a runner or someone that's out being, you know, like runner was a big thing because I'm going to start. Hopefully I get the clearance to start running again here soon. And being able to hear everything in my surroundings and still be able to run without being obscured for sound sounds right. like a great thing. That's cool. You know, especially the fact that we have, I think, They've counted now four mountain lions in our area. Yeah, I want to be able to hear anything. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, have to I wonder what the, the sound quality of that is. I, I'm, I'm puzzled. I would imagine there'd be pretty good bass response since you're literally vibrating your own head. Exactly. Um, I would, I would guess the sound quality would be about as good as you can possibly be. You know. Because uh, you you don't have there's no um, the little speaker buzz that you might have it would just be right in yeah the, I guess the, the the thicker your jaw the better the bass response <laughs> you know if you're, if you're a, a, a putty from Seinfeld you probably have great bass response you know Patrick Warburton's like dum 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 that was very good Eric thanks. So that's uh, that's fascinating. Anybody, if anybody out there in our audience has a pair of those, let us know about it because I've never heard of anything like that before. That is uh, I, news to me. I'm serious. I'm looking at it myself, maybe for a birthday present or something, because it's uh, which just so happens my birthday is Friday. Uh, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> to anybody that may be listening that loves me, uh, or just has money and doesn't love me but wants to spend money on me. Because that next the, the thing Chris is saying, when you're running and you have headphones in, you can't hear a car coming. Uh, you can't enjoy just nature around you, like running on the trails. You can't you just can't enjoy the sound of the woods and that kind of stuff. But if I could have both without bothering my runner, because they actually make you know little speakers that clip on like your shoulders, like a little running harness. 
Yeah. So you don't have an ear and you can run with music, but then it's the same thing as pulling up at the gas station with your stupid stereo turned up. Right. Or, or, Get out, turn your stereo off and pull your pants up while you're at it. Come on. With a jackbox <laughs> on your shoulder. Come on. So speaking yeah, I, of, I, speaking of pull your pants up. All right. I, I, I wasn't, I have to tell the story. I, I work at a school, as I've mentioned many times before, my office window faces the front of the building. So I, I literally see everybody who goes in and out of the building. And this guy today who, a guardian, a parent, I mean, he was there to to bring, to do something in an he official an capacity for a child, okay? Yeah. So he was not a child. He was, uh, I'm going to say mid to late 20s. I mean, he wasn't uh, an old guy. But he gets out of his car, and the whole time he's walking up to the building, he has to keep one hand on his pants to keep them from falling off his mid-butt line. Yes. Because they're not at his waist. And his boxers are, you can see the boxers through his thin white shirt. They're where mm-hmm. they need to be. And he's got his, his, his pants, you know, at half mast, basically just hanging off his balls, if anything. Um, and he, and he's got to have one hand on it. So like when he gets to the door and he's got a knock, uh, he's, there's a little buzzer. He's, he had to switch hands because he needed to use the other one. So he switched hands and he pulled his pants up and he, and, and then I, what does he have to do if he has to carry something? You know, and if this guy's a father, what does he have to carry his kid? I want somebody somewhere, somehow, to explain to this 42-year-old white guy what the point is. I just don't understand it. I, I, And I'm all about, you know, self-expression and clothing. I don't have a problem with, you want to spike your hair up four foot tall, that's fine. But why do you want to wear your pants like that and have to hold them up? That's the thing that drives, it's totally unfunctional. Right. It's non-functional. That's the the thing that drives me crazy. I watched three guys, I was going to say the same thing, Mark, before you jumped in there for me. Uh, these three guys running across the street, and they literally had to hold their pants up to run across the street. I want to toss one of my basketball and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, put on some, some some suspenders, maybe, and they can be long long and suspenders, a bow tie. right? Yeah, <laughs> or somebody <laughs> needs to invent. Here's the next multi million dollar idea, people. Uh, people, a butt belt. You need to invent a belt that goes over the butt and holds pants halfway up. There's a there's a character at a show in Branson called Groupie Drawers. And, <laughs> yeah. and he actually has a shirt and then boxers and then pants. But the way he did it is it's all sewed together. Right. <laughs> the shirt sewed to the boxers and sewed to the pants. So his pants just kind of hover up, you know, about six inches above his knees, but it's all one outfit. And he wears the fake, you know, hillbilly teeth and dog, dog dish. You know, it's, it's great fun. So, so you LL cool rapper J Z ice guy just got compared to Bubba the hillbilly with fake teeth. And you're okay with that? Exactly. That's that's all I have to say about that. Okay, so Linux News um, in February yes. of 2012, which is just a couple of days into it right at this point. Uh, one of my uh, former favorite, no longer my favorite for a few reasons, but one of my former favorite Linux OSs, PC Linux OS, uh, was just released, the new uh, 2012 version. And one thing to, uh, I noticed in the little, the small blurb is that it is supposedly, for those of you out there that are the, the power users, it is supposedly optimized for maximum desktop performance, whatever that means. <laughs> and it provides support for NVIDIA and ATI radio drivers, so that's nice. Multimedia playback support for many popular formats. Yes, because, uh, you know, maybe you could actually be able to use Google Voice on that one, Chris. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, or actually get, you know, something other than basic functionality out of it. PC Linux OS has, has always been a very KDE um, centric um, distribution. They, I think they have a GNOME version that uh, comes out usually uh, later when, when they, you know, they, they, they create that spin. But, you know, as, as we've talked about uh, here recently, KDE is, is sort of the best game in town right now. Um, Cause GNOME is, is, is in such turmoil. Um, the the thing that uh, years ago, uh, I, you know, you know how many of my stories start with years ago. I sound like I'm 900 years old. Uh, Back in the day when my computer was two stone tablets, <laughs> <laughs> I had the first tablet PC boy. Um, I don't know why my old guy actually sounded more like Happy Gilmore. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, years ago, I when I first started to introduce the Linux desktop into my school environment. I did sort of a, a smackdown there in my office. I, I downloaded dozens of ISOs of the top uh, distributions, and PC Linux OS was the easiest one to get on my Windows domain and have kids signing in and sharing files and functioning, and they were the most comfortable with it. 
So that's why PC Linux OS became my OS of choice at school, uh, because it uh, it fit into the the um, enterprise environment better than anything else, including still today, better than than Fedora, better than uh, Ubuntu, better than Mint. Those are all geared at the home user, and and PC Linux OS is certainly okay for a home user, but it seems to be built around the business environment. And even OpenSUSE, which is supposedly supposed to be the enterprise OS, you know, SLED, SUSE Linux Enterprise Edition, um, just it wasn't as good as PC Linux OS. And and more importantly, I want to go on the record um, just pointing out for all the listeners that I did not break into a Bruce Buffer voice and say anything about a, the SmackDown when Mark referenced Thanks. SmackDown. Just for record, I, I did that last episode, and I'm leaving it in last episode. I'm moving forward. And, and, just, and I have a little bit of drainage today, so my voice is kind of low, which is nice. I could do it really well. <laughs> just as yeah, a bonus, um, PC Linux OS is also based, uh, uh, written in and based in Texas. So we, we know it has to be good. Coming to you live from Texas. <laughs> and it's supersized, right, Mark? <laughs> That's right. Everything's big in Texas. It fits on 12 floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> I, a friend of mine tweeted recently that uh, she just had to use a floppy disk to pull data off a server. And I thought, if I had to do that, I would be sunk. I don't have a floppy disk drive or floppy disks within 30 miles of my office. No. No. I wish I had some of uh, from my, my buddy Steven's dad's old, you know, what was it, seven and a quarter and 11 and a half? What were the big ones? <laughs> wow. The, wow. Know, the, the seven and a quarters were the ones that went in his TRS-80 Model 1. Yeah. Um, and you know, DOS 1.0 on one of them, you put that in, you booted it up and you pulled it out and you put the Zork disc in and, and <laughs> played Zork. And then the other one was some old drives he had for some other kind of machine there. It, this is so funny. Back in the day, the, none of that stuff was shielded. So we would get his little AM radio and turn it on and move it, in, you know, to and away from the, the computer. So it'd go, it's like a <laughs> theremin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, his parents didn't like that very much. I don't know why, but oh, go figure. No, I, 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 back to the subject at hand, but PC Linux is one of the ones I always liked too. Um, but I've always been a big fan of the Fedoras and the um, Red Hat Linux. By the way, you know you're dealing with a couple of music geeks when they both pulled the word theremin. Theremin. Simultaneously. (laughs) Hey, theremins are fun though. Yes. If you, if you've ever seen a sci-fi movie, you know what a theremin is. You just may not know it. Or watch Mystery Man. Um, okay, uh, the next one, Microsoft vows to fix broken code in open source cloud project. Hasn't Microsoft been vowing to fix broken code since like 1978? Yeah, actually, I pulled this one in simply because we had referenced this last week. I think Seth talked about them hiring open source. Yeah, for their Azure uh, framework. Framework. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they are... You know, they're saying, hey, we're going to work on this open source stuff. We want everything to be happy. We want to play. We want to be a good digital citizen um, going forward. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this plays into their overall scheme to take over the world. Um, I'm sure there's some some reason behind it. Well, you know, Bill Gates is all about giving away money now. Maybe maybe some of that uh, uh, line of thinking still exists. <laughs> okay. I recently read an article where he said he plans to leave his children with a small trust fund and nothing else. He wants to give huh. everything else away. Was that wasn't that the Hiltons that did that? Like the the senior daddy Hilton that was about to die and was going to Conrad Hilton. Yeah, that's going to you know nine hundred million dollars, and he gave each kid like three million and gave the rest away. Well, that didn't seem to help Paris any. She still no. uh, is morally bankrupt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, money doesn't that. equal. Um. It, well, anything other than money. Yeah. I thought always. I thought money more. More money equals more problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, send the problems there. <laughs> I would just like the opportunity to try to prove the theory that right. money can't buy happiness. In the words of Reb Tevia, "Lord, it's no great disgrace to be poor, but it's no great honor either." That's right. <laughs> but no. Speaking of this, Microsoft vows. Um. I'm curious to find out, though. I thought the Hyper-V was the Microsoft uh, cloud framework. Or am I mistaken on that one? Um, now, their cloud, their their business name for the cloud platform is Azure. 
Right. Um, Hyper V is their virtualization thing, and OpenStack um, is something that that they work with um, that with all that other stuff. So basically, the reason they're going to fix it is because it makes their stuff run better. They're yeah. using open source, and it's it it has issues, so it's in their best interest to fix the issues. Right. Well, and if if I guess I'm just reading in here. It says that at the top of it, it says they they want to remove the Hyper V code because OpenStack is broken and unmaintained. So yeah, one developer was suggesting that, but Microsoft came back and said, "Nah, we're committed to making it work." Yeah, but now, we like I was saying, work, you know? <laughs> but I thought Hyper V was the Microsoft's virtualization code. Why would they want to remove it from OpenStack if they're trying to get if they're going to fix it? Or well, why would this guy even say that? Well, I kind of think that's the point. They don't want that to happen. Mm. Uh, so Microsoft has said, you know, maybe that's not such a good idea. We'll just fix it. But yeah, because I know I'm still the- waiting for them to fix Vista. <laughs> okay, OpenStack is a cloud computing project by Rackspace Cloud and NASA. So right. one of their developers were saying, let's pull this Hyper-V crapola out of here because it's broken and unmaintained. And Microsoft said, hey, hang on. That's our last tendril into your system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you pull that out, you've rooted the entire cancer out and we can't no longer <laughs> contribute to your downfall. I was misreading it then. <clears throat> it's not real clear. It's more of a snippet than an article. So, Well, yeah. especially since none of us looked at it Starticle. before about nine seconds before the show started. So it's not exactly like, like we had uh, great well, uh, uh, exegesis in it. I don't want to argue with you about it, but technically I actually looked at it after the show started. <laughs> okay. My mistake. <laughs> we were already broadcasting when I found it. So, See yeah, I was giving you too much lineups? credit. Exactly. <laughs> Just want to be clear. <laughs> Seth wasn't here, so I, I jumped in, but it took me a minute to realize the, the gap was there. That's the gooey gap. We had a gooey gap, gooey and we gap. had to take care of it. <laughs> we need the government to, uh, to fix the gooey gap. Yep. So did anyone else read the article about Google Docs um, came to Android to be fixed? That supposedly that Google released an update to Google, to the Google, the Android Google Docs? Uh, theoretically, I have it on my phone, and it's I'm not noticing a whole lot of difference. Okay. I guess they were I just, just talking about the problems with it last week, so they decided to fix it. Well, it's, it's like, you know, it sucks 16% less now. That's kind of the way it goes. It's uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a bullet that's three times that's three percent less likely to kill you. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yes, the Microsoft uh, Google has made a big deal out of the fact that uh, I, I think really what that is, is is to say yes, we know it sucks. Yes, we're working on it. We're gonna throw you a bone if it'll just uh, get you off our back for a little while. Right. And because uh, I mean, in, in honesty, Google Docs wasn't developed to be a mobile platform when it was developed. Exactly. So they're having to retrofit it, I'm sure, on everything. Um, or rewrite. But the thing is, it's it it's an HTML5 and JavaScript platform. You know, any browser that supports HTML5 and JavaScript can do it. So the problem is that their browsers in their phones don't support HTML5 and JavaScript. Right. It's not a it's not a Google Docs problem. It's a problem that they can't even write a browser on their platform. And you know, let me let me they can't even do it like I could. Uh, but uh, but the, you would think that a company whose job is the internet, whose entire existence is based on the web, you'd think they'd put more time into the web browser than anything else. You'd think. Yeah, you'd and the think. first the first versions of the web browser on Android were was horrible. Right. The most recent version, like uh, the version I have on whatever I have, um, I think I have, I have I have H. What, what do I have? Honeycomb. Yeah, yep. thank, do I have honeycomb? No, that was the tablet, wasn't ginger. it? I have I, I have what's after what's after honeycomb? Ice cream sandwich. Yes. Do I have ice cream sandwich? Unless it's a super new phone, I don't think you do. It's uh, it's been out about a month and a half. Okay, maybe you do. You probably do know. then. Yeah, it, the the browser on it seems significantly better than the one I had on my Droid Two, which I'm pretty sure I had gingerbread on, on it. Yeah, either gingerbread or Froyo. Or Froyo. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway um, yeah, there other browsers like Dolphin HD um, became a big deal. And when I first got my Android phone, people told me there were a couple of things I had to have. First thing you have to have is a task killer. Second thing you have to have is a replacement browser. Next thing you have to have is uh, a replacement uh, um, chat uh, 
text client. And I found that none of those were true with Froyo and up. Yeah. You don't need a task killer anymore. The browser is solid and the uh, integrated messaging is fine. Yeah, I use a, the only thing I don't use from out of standard, I don't use a task killer at all. I haven't for a while. I use a standard browser. I have Firefox on there simply because I have a shortcut saved to my Outlook webmail and it seems to run better in Firefox. Uh, in fact, it won't run on the Android browser because of limitations set up on our server side that it, it has to be Firefox or IE to, for it to launch. So I have Firefox just for that reason. Um, but I do still use handset SMS because I like its pop-up features better than the default. That's the only reason I the use The only it. reason I use handset is I like the bubbles. It's yep. pretty. It is pretty. That's all there is to it. It's got some nice pop-up features, though, you know, where you can answer, delete it without having to unlock your phone, blah, blah, blah. All yeah. right. On to the topic at hand. woo <laughs> So, uh, Bill, when you ask about how to watch your your surrogate grandmother, the first thing that came to my mind was a tool that I have used on this podcast before uh, uh, that I, I no longer use uh, because it is just it's not ready yet, but it's called Webcam Studio. Uh, and you can uh, you can Google that. I don't remember the address off the top of my head. I could put it in the notes, and I probably will. But it's Webcam Studio, and it's in, right now, I still think it's in alpha. It's not even beta. It is very early on. And it's a spare time project for uh, this guy, so it's, it's not developing very quickly. I first discovered it uh, right around a year ago, and it has iterated since then, but it's still in alpha, uh, even uh, past all that time. So... Uh, webcam studio is is going to be awesome if it's ever finished and it will be it would do exactly what you need and you can probably make it work now uh, if you're willing to to tinker at it but it's a java based client uh, it runs right now only in linux he's working on other uh, platforms right now because it is java it should be easy to port but you can set up different uh, views you can uh, hook up multiple cameras and and have a camera one, camera two. You can set up like a four camera shot, like you would see like in a convenience store on the little uh, 12 inch black and white TV where you get four cameras in the four quadrants. You can do that. You can have it broadcast directly to Ustream or Livestream. Um, you could tie it into Skype, which is how we used to do you do it on the uh, on the podcast when we were, were tinkering with it. And uh, it would do everything you need it to do. You could run cameras throughout the house. Uh, it would be a little challenging to run, you know, like USB webcams through the house, but you could do it. There are USB extenders. We use those uh, at work. Uh, there's USB over Ethernet. They're about uh, 75 or $80 each. And so you could run it as far as, as you needed to go using Ethernet cable. And and that's the tool I would recommend if it were a better tool. <laughs> right. So when it's done, when it's fully baked, that's the tool that you'd want to use because you could just turn it on. And you stream and live stream both, and, and there's lots of other services like that, offer a private channel that only you ha ha have access to. You have to use a password to do it. So you could have it broadcasting on Ustream 24-7 on a private channel where you log into any browser, uh, you know, any Flash-enabled browser, so not your iPad. But, uh, well, they have a Ustream app there. So, yeah, anywhere uh, you'd be able to, to pull that up and, and check in on her that way. Well, if he has direct view from his house to hers, I would recommend a series of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could do it with cleverly placed mirrors and some little, maybe using uh, Arduino to turn the mirrors, mirrors if he needs to pan the room. I think he could do it. It would be quite a project. Yeah. <laughs> that would be at the understatement of the century there. Um, I first thought of a couple of things, actually. Um, I had a one of my home business clients actually asked me to price out some cheap um, home security systems, which would do this, which if you don't mind spending the, you know, I think the cheapest one I saw was like, I think 250, 275. But that gives you four cameras that go over ethernet. You can then check it from anywhere because you would have a web address. Um, but then that's four cameras that you have to set up. And I don't know if, he would want to go in and set up plus that much the, plus the separate box. It's not, uh, you know, she'd have to have, you'd have to have the DVR or whatever there. We, we have some things like that, uh, yep. also, and, and they're fine for well, what they are, but and, well, this is a hole in one. So the, the, right. the one I found is a hole in one. It had the little DVR box and the four cameras. It was like 300 bucks for shipping, not a too bad of a price, but, um, not tight. What approved. Right. So then the other thing I thought was, well, what about 
those Wi-Fi webcams, like Dropcam. Yeah, those are those are great. Well, yeah, um, I'm not sh- maybe uh, I'm not looking at a Dropcam, but the ones I'm looking on were over on Amazon when you just look up Wi-Fi camera. Um, they're about fifty bucks to eighty bucks, um, and then you just set up a port forwarding, and then you have it anywhere. Right. Well, he, he could actually have those running on his computer in his house. Assuming his house was close enough. Yeah, if his Wi-Fi was strong enough to reach, yeah, he could be on his own network and not even have to worry about it. And the ones that I'm looking at have pan and tilt with night vision. I mean, even um, microphones. So if she falls or or anything, it could actually she could yell to the camera and he would hear it. So that would be another option. Now, none of these really answer your question in terms of how to do it in Linux, because right now. As far as I can tell, you really can't. Sort of doing what you're doing right now, which is Skype. You know, you you have it call in, but uh, um, but Dropcam. What I mentioned, it's 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 like what Chris was talking about. It's a Wi-Fi camera that if she's got Wi-Fi in her house, I assume you've got her set up there, or it would be easier easier for easy for you to do that. They hook onto your Wi-Fi, and they are both a hardware and a service. Um, and the service, a free service, comes with the hardware, but it's a freemium. You can upgrade uh, to it. And they broadcast directly to the Dropcam website where you log in and all the cameras that you have keyed to that account show up. And so you can click through them. And uh, if you pay a little more uh, for the service per month, you can have them store stuff and you can archive it and go back through it. So it's a true security uh, uh, camera sort of system. But if you just want a live view, just look right now. Uh, Dropcams are like 200 bucks per camera. So... It, it it's not cheap, but if you wanted to put five of them in five different rooms of the house, it'd cost you a grand, and their web service is free, and you could access that again from anywhere. And they do have audio built in as well. And their their benefit is that they're super easy. You just stick them up somewhere where they can get power, and that's a, that's all you need. Let me uh just read this one off for you real quick, Mark um and Chris, and get y'all's opinion. This may be in Chris. This may be what you were talking about. This is the Foscam FI8908W. Pan tilt network IP security camera with infrared in the color black. $51 online. With pan and tilt, it uh, features high quality video and audio, pan and tilt, remote internet viewing, mode, motion detection, night vision, as well as a built in network video recording system. In addition, it's smartphone compatible as well as viewable over the internet work, network using the standard Safari browser. No app necessary. The ca- camera functions as well as uh, a phone baby monitor or as part of a home security office with remote internet monitoring ability. So it sounds like this is like drop cam type thing you're talking about, Mark, but at a significantly lower price, maybe. If it says uh, remote internet viewing. So I think if you could put this on a network and it's a Wi-Fi camera, um, you give it an IP address and somehow enable it. I don't, and it, you know, they don't have all the details of it here, but yeah, the- 51 bucks. The only thing that gets a little challenging about those generally is that you have to set up the uh, the port forwarding and all that through your firewall. Uh, yeah. So that there's some there's some prep work that has to be done there, but yeah, it's certainly doable. Fifty one bucks sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, the uh, one I was looking at was fifty eight. So I, I bet you we're probably all looking at the same place on Amazon slash elementop.com. <laughs> yeah, um, right. elementop.com slash Amazon. Okay. We'll put some links in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to um, buy stuff. But the the one I was looking at, you know, that one's got some pretty good stuff in it. And for only the one I'm looking at is 58. And then since I, I I'm a Prime member, so I get you know don't have to worry about shipping. But um, you know, if I were to set, be setting something like this up, I'd be getting it too. I'd be getting this one. Right. Question for you. Totally on, but off the subject. Amazon Prime. Does it cost money? And what does it do for me? Yes, it does cost money. Um, it's it's like a Costco subscription type idea. Uh-huh. What it gives you is automatic two day shipping. So as long as it's a Prime enabled item, you without paying anything more for it, you get it automatic two day shipping. If you need it faster, like say overnight, it costs you four dollars for shipping. Wow. So what somebody should do then is they should get an Amazon Prime account, then they should go to Element OP and save a link to the referrer site from Element OP, um, to that tab, and yep. then go crazy and buy thousands of things. <laughs> but also it gives you, Amazon Prime also gives you access to their streaming media archives. Yep, I was going to say that. The other thing that it also gives you is um, they, it takes the limit off their 
um, online storage for music and files. So like right now, if you were to it, with your Amazon, you can store so much stuff up there for free. And I think it's five gigs. Um, it takes wow. that limit off if you're a prime member. And if you buy a Kindle fire, you get a year of free Amazon prime, right? Uh, when I got my Kindle, it was a month. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was a year. No, when I got mine, it was a month added, so I got a, a free month out of my Prime account. Excellent. It's still worth it. It's still worth it for for especially if you're buying a lot of stuff online and you buy from Amazon anyway. I make up the cost for my Prime account in about a month. What what of, is the cost per year? I think it's seventy five. Okay. Yeah. Especially so, if you're going to buy a lot, pay a lot of shipping. That's the way to go. Right, yep. so so people out there, out there like Chris, who have your own uh, PC business, and you're ordering something every week, it's sort of a no-brainer. Yeah, right. it's the and same. It's the it's, like you said, it's the same as Costco or, or Sam's Club. You don't, if you're only going to shop there once a year, you don't, you don't even mess with paying for the membership and going. But if you're going to go every week or every two weeks, it's definitely worth the money. I love it. I, I won't go back. And now that I have, now that I have it, um, I'm a Amazon member probably for life because it's just I use it so much. And there's a lot of things now that I, we are even actually looking at looking at uh, setting up a scheduled shipments for Amazon. Because you can like schedule to have your, your toilet paper and paper towels and laundry detergent sent to you on a, on a schedule. Because the cost for buying it on Amazon is just what it, we're still looking at the pricing. But I think it's within a couple of cents of going down to the store and buying it myself. Right. And and thank you by the way because now I will be singing King's X's. I won't go back uh, for the rest of the night. So <laughs> no problem. Well, I, I, for some reason, somewhere in the back of my head, somewhere somebody said the word schedule like schedule, and now I can never. Every time somebody says schedule, I hear <laughs> schedule. <laughs> That's the way Captain Picard said it. Schedule. Schedule. Draw the line here. No further. <laughs> Thou shall not pass. Well, that's wait, wait. You just changed characters. I know uh, I did on purpose. You <laughs> shall not pass. That is one of the most over the fly, top you fools, and yet coolest scenes in movie history. I mean, oh, it's awesome. totally over the top, but at the same time, it's really cool. That's yep. one of my favorite scenes in any book. I love. I was waiting to see that scene in the movie from the book. I loved it. I'll tell you, Nathaniel, my five-year-old son. Total sidebar. Uh, he got a fantastic report from his teacher today on how well he's doing reading. He's in kindergarten to the point that she sent us an email home telling us how good he was doing. And he is excited about being able to read The Hobbit one day. Nice. Already he's excited. I've told him the story. You know, I just told uh, in, in fairly decent detail all the way through the entire story. And he's like, I can't wait to read that book about the little people. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, awesome. when, when given the choice, to, she's in uh, second grade now. Uh, no, third grade. And they went to the library. The book she brought home, Batman. So how cool was my daughter? Batman. That's so, awesome. The funny thing is, though, you know, I'm used to helping her with words that she doesn't know. You know, the, she's, she pretty much reads on her own now at, at uh, nine years old. She's she's pretty much got it down. But every now and then there's, you know, words that's just not in her regular lexicon. So in that book, she was bringing to me and I was saying, that says pow. It says kablooey. That says vaboom. <laughs> well, I attribute my slightly better than average vocabulary from reading comic books my entire life, and I still can remember in Avengers number 168 where Black Panther's helping Captain America do a crossword puzzle, and he's trying to find a word for sweating profusely, and Black Panther supplies sudorification. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sudorif. How do you spell that? I think it's S U D O R I F I C A T I O N. I believe. Sudorific let's see. Let's see if Stan Lee made that up or it's a real word. I never actually looked it up to see if it is. <laughs> yeah, that's when you trust your childhood education to Stan Lee. There may be issues. Sudorification. Uh, Encyclopedia Online. Sweat perspiration. There it is. Bam. That's funny. There you go. And you hear it first on elevatopies.com. <laughs> All right. So. uh Guys, do we have any tips of the week? I don't see anything in the notes there. Did we uh, come up with anything? Well, the one I was I used today, and I figured I'd bring it up, is I don't think I, we've talked about it, but the the command finger. I've given the finger a few times. Well, yeah, all it. of us have. <laughs> but uh, fingers, I, I had to use it today to create a, uh, a t 
temporary or not a temp file, but the I was using a bat or not. What do I want to say? Batch, but a uh, bash file that will save a log, but it doesn't create the log first. The the holding file, so you have to touch the file before to make the uh, a little space right. for it, and then the the bash will uh fill the fo- fill it in. But right, finger can be used for a, a lot of other shell. Yes. Yes. So tell me about. I don't know that command. Tell me about that command again. How, how, well, give me the syntax of it. Well, if if you're using it to just make a quick file, or if you want to change the, uh, or I shouldn't say file. It's it's like a, an empty file, I so guess. So how is it different than touch? But it's about the same. Okay. Uh, it, it's just a, it it's a different. You, there's more options in finger, because you can actually. In touch, you can't say who the user is, though, who owns the file, right? Right. In finger, you can. There are so many jokes that I'm having to hold back. I know. Because this isn't the periodic table. I would be letting loose if we were on that show. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so the command line of the week is finger. And you can also use it to also see um, information about a user. So if you, like, go... Right. Finger. That's like who is. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it tells the, it'll tell you how long the person's been idle, um, the last login time, and that other thing. But you can also use it to make little temp files. All right. Cool. Cool. Aaron, do you have anything for us this week? My only tip is I used Unix today. Yay. <laughs> That's it. It's funny. Um, my three year old is potty training. And so mom will call me up at work. Daddy, we just pooped in the potty. So I kind of feel that same sort of thing. Aaron, daddy, we just, Aaron just used Linux. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Hooray. You get a gold star and a candy bar, Aaron. Awesome. Is it a fat free candy bar? Sure. <laughs> There's something else I'll bring up at the end since we're at the end of the show. All right. Um, I don't, I don't remember if we've talked about no machine before. I like no machine. Uh, but I don't think we've brought it up before. And No Machine has a new beta version, uh, version four that has a web interface. And I started playing with it today. Um, I'll, I'll give a better review when I have more time with it. But I'm pretty impressed with this little version four beta. So just to give a, a quick uh, thirty thousand foot view, view GnomeMachine.com is mm-hmm. basically a um, remote control. Utility similar to VNC or Citrix or something like that, but rather than giving you access to an existing machine, it sets up like a terminal session on a server. Right. Was that a recent, uh, a decent description? Yep, that sounds pretty close. It's kind of like remote desktop, but for Linux would be another way to word it. Right. Um, but this the new version four gives you also a web interface. So you type in, you know, the the IP address in a web in a port, and you have control through a web browser. Cool. That's cool. That is very cool. And it was from the the limited testing I gave it today. Uh, I was really surprised on how fast the web interface was. What's so, really funny is when you start remoting stuff. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I was just going to give the the web address. That's nomachine.com. The uh, when you start remoting the stuff because. I found myself before on my laptop, um, you know, uh, connecting via VPN. So I'm, I'm going through, think, just thinking through this, you know, from a logistics standpoint, I'm going through whatever cloud servers I'm going through, you know, my IP, my uh, ISP providers, servers, um, just to move. It's not really servers, but switches back to the VPN client hardware sitting on our network. From that, <clears throat> I'm connecting to my desktop. From that, I'm remote controlling a server so that I can run SQL to pull data from another server. <laughs> you know, it literally, it, sometimes it takes, it takes so long for the data to get back, it's outdated. It takes like six days for the data to travel back through all those electrons. Uh, but I had a similar experience one time uh, recently. I was at a hotel and I was using logmein.com to access my desktop at work to pull up the uh, uh, Citrix terminal to get into a VMware. Or, or rather a, 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 a terminal service session so that I could pull up the VMware interface to a virtual machine so that right. I could access a web-based interface on the VMware virtual machine 
that wasn't actually a, a, a on the web. So see, it was like it was Inception. It was like this is a dream within a dream within a dream. You were one step away from being in actual hyperspace. Right. The the keystrokes that happened in on that final machine are actually a few milliseconds younger in the keystrokes <laughs> that were happening in your hotel room. See, I've done that before too. At, at my house, I'll SSH then bounce in that way and do the same idea. But I I was in. See a remote SSH, remote desktop, remote desktop, remote de- remote desktop. Well, one thing I've done at work quite a few times is just as a sign of kind of a final uh, death blow to this topic. Uh, I've remoted. I've had. I used to have two machines in my desk, and I would remote into a physician's machine and remote back into my second machine, and then demonstrate <laughs> something for him on that machine. Because trying to talk him through connecting to my machine was too laborious, so I would just. VNC into his machine, VNC back into the other machine, the disconnect on the left machine, and demonstrate on the right machine. And that worked great. That was a that was a great way to do it. All right, one more quick story. I had to do a demonstration once of a uh, server side app that I couldn't very well take the server and clients and all of that to the remote site where I was demoing it, but I had it all set up at work. So I set up a webcam in front of a computer. I called that computer via Skype, and then used remote control, used a, a terminal, a Citrix, I'm blanking on what that's called, remote desktop, to control the machine while the webcam watched the terminal uh, that was the, having the effect on what I was doing on the server. So it was... You win. Uh, you win, Mark. Wow. <laughs> you win. That's, that's geek beyond And you did it with there. your eyes closed, talking somebody through it. Because <laughs> it was Okay, like, give uh, it a little more throttle. Bring yeah. your flaps up. Bring the flaps up. <laughs> Use the nose out. But it was like I had to, one part of the process was a, like a remote start and a remote reboot. Clearly, I couldn't do that on the machine. So I had a Skype camera pointed at that machine so that I could do it on the other machine. It was it was quite funny. And well, everyone looked at you like you were a wizard. Yeah. And it's what I tell people at work is, you know, somebody will say, you know, hey, I haven't seen you around in a while. And I said, well, when you don't see the wizard, that's because all is well in Oz. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they call me the wizard at work sometimes. Okay. Funny. Pay no attention to the man in the small office. That's right. Yeah. If I was the wizard, shouldn't I have like this grand palace or the, the, the whole Emerald City belong to the wizard, right? Yeah. Why do I have a, a glorified closet? Yeah. You actually it's have a least- closet. Well, you got windows at least. I'm in a hole. It took me 17, uh, 15 years to get windows, but I do have windows. <laughs> and you're a Linux user. Boom, boom. Oh, boom. <laughs> I have a beautiful view of downtown Atlanta, uh, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I have a From the eighth floor of the I have a beautiful view of cows. Literally, across the street is a pasture of Holstein cattle. Favorite lines from Christopher Walken. The rundown with the rock. He sends the herd of cattle through the city, and Christopher Walken says, That's a lot of cows. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. He looks out the window, sees all the cattle run through the downtown. He's like, that's, that's a lot of cows. You know how Christopher Walken is. Your first one was more of a rain man than a Christopher yeah. Walken. But, or, or more of maybe the urchin from the tick. That's definitely out of cows. Yeah, definitely. Definitely cows. <laughs> all right, guys. Anything that's else? I've got a bucket on my head. Before Just one. Move along? Okay. Just one. Spoon! Spoon. <laughs> oh, Chris, I, my respect for you just grew. You have no That's idea. right. <laughs> and my my boss calls me Tick sometimes. If I say something extremely goofy, she'll say, "Get him off his Tick." That's funny. <laughs> his epilogues at the at the end oh. are always the best. The Tickisms. I mean, that's it. Uh, it's great. You know, Arthur, when you spend a few months riding around the back of a giant man, you learn a couple of things about yourself. First, <laughs> you learn how to appreciate Earth, a place that doesn't have any arms and legs of its own. <laughs> Secondly, you learn how to just close your eyes and say, "This isn't happening." <laughs> People of the city, I am mighty. And how does one prove one's mightiness? mightiness. By, descri- by surviving the most amazing death engine 1974 has to offer. Right. Okay. Well, I'll just bounce off that flagpole to safety. <laughs> Snap. I'll just bounce off that broad, flat surface. <laughs> I could go on for hours. Is, we've got to stop it. Cracker dog. Susan. Okay. Moving right along. You're really evil, then eat this kitten. <laughs> okay, we're done. No more tick. No more tick for you. Yes, tick. Okay. It's only $20 on Amazon. 
yes, I bought. Yeah, I bought the uh, entire two season. Well, it's not the entire. There are a couple of episodes missing. Yeah. But when I found that on Amazon, I was the most happy person in the world. It's also on Netflix. If you're a Netflix subscriber, you can uh, uh, have them send them send the discs to you. So anyway, um, that's a non-paid endorsement for Netflix and Amazon and No Machine, and we've had lots of those tonight. Walmart, Costco. So <laughs> if you would like to uh, ask us a question that will turn into a one-hour rambling discussion with only three or four minutes of which actually answer your question, like uh, Bill, you can do that the same way he did over at elementop.com. Leave us a, a comment in the forum, ask your question, and we will pretend to do a show about it. One day it may come to the point, Mark, that you have to go in and, and insert at the beginning, welcome to Everyday Linux, content found at 27 minutes, 12 seconds. <laughs> 27 minutes, 12 seconds, through 28 minutes, 9 seconds. There you go. Okay, so uh, elementop.com, find us there. Uh, there's a contact us button. There's a call us button. There's a, a forum button. There's buttons everywhere. If you're a button a person, go to the website. Button. And there's a tip button there, too. That's right. If you want to throw some money at us, go right ahead. But seriously, uh, if you plan on doing any purchasing on Amazon, I would appreciate it greatly if you used elementopcom slash Amazon. doesn't cost you any more. Throws a few pennies my way. Helps keep things going. And you can buy just about anything you want from Amazon. Including toilet paper. And lawnmowers. That's right. And lawnmowers. All right, guys. Uh, also, we, we appreciate Bill. We thanks for your, we're, for your uh, listenership and your comment. And uh, we encourage other people to send us uh, their feedback and show topics. Keep them coming. So uh, for now, guys, on behalf of Chris Neves and Aaron Butler... I am officially declaring that the end of this episode of Everyday Monster.